Okay, let's begin. Parshas Vayetze, Tavshin Ayin Vav. And we start off, and we've spoken in the past many times about the uh, ladder. We're not going to focus on that this year. Let us go to Perachav Tes, Pasig Yud. Second discussion in the Parsha, and that is Yaakov Avinu is on his way. He already has had his dream, and he is about to meet his wife, his wife-to-be. Says the Torah, he comes and he meets the uh, shepherds, and he asks, Achai me ayinatem, where are you from? And Vayomer lahem, he says to them, Hashalom lo, do you know Lavan? Yes, how's he doing? Vayomer lo, shalom. Vinei racha bito ba'ayimatzon. Rachel's daughter is coming. Vayomer heidon ayom gadol lo He sees they're all relaxing around the well. He says, why are you relaxing? There's still plenty of work to do, much to uh, fulfill today. And they say, well, we can't. Rachel comes, Yaakov sees Rachel, and all of a sudden he is inspired, and he moves the rock away. And he gives water to the sheep of his mother's brother. And he cries. A fascinating first meeting that he has with his future wife. He kisses her and he cries. Right, exactly. Chazal pick up on every one of those emotions. Says the Medrash. Medrash tells us, source number one, line number four. There were three of our biblical personalities that met their mate at the Be'er. Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Moshe. Yitzchok at the Be'er, not really Yitzchok, but at least his shliach, Avram shliach on his behalf, met Rivka at the Be'er, Yaakov here at the Be'er, and Moshe in Midian meets his wife at the Be'er as well. Says the Hagyonah Shal Torah, Rebbe Tzion Firer, Ha-Be'er ha-Mishuleshesh hazos, Mil'ah tafkid shoneh eitzel Yitzchok, Me'asher eitzel Yaakov Moshe. Even though the Medrash puts together these three Be'eros, but they didn't serve the same function by Yitzchak as compared to Yaakov and Moshe. Eitzel Yitzchak shimsha be'er mivchan le'isha. By Rivka, the be'er was a test. The be'er was mivchan. Eliezer says, please show me a sign. Show me a balas chesed. So the be'er was a test for Rivka. They're going to go out. And the nara that I say... According to Pesukim for Parshas Chayesara, I'll know that's the one. So by Rivka and Yitzchak, the test was for the Kala. Ve'ilu Eitzel Yaakov u'Moshe Shimsha Be'er Mivchan Le'ish Velo Le'isha. It was a Mivchan the other way. Yaakov and Moshe had to prove themselves, and not the other way around. Eitzel Yaakov Katuv. What did we just read? Ve'kishmoa Lavan Hashem Yaakov and Lavan heard. About Yaakov, the Targum Yonasem and Uziel says, when he heard about his strength, what he did, he rolled this humongous stone off of the mouth of the well. So that's what he did. And he quotes all these Mepharshim. He was strong, he was awesome. So Yaakov proved himself by the well. And Moshe Rabbeinu also. What did Moshe do? What did the daughters of Yisrael come back and say, yeah, there was this Egyptian man that saved us. He shooed away the, the other shepherds. He was amazing. So it was the Chassan that proved himself. 
Ve'etzel Moshe Kasuv, Ulukoi Midyan Sheva Banos, Ve'evo Haroma Yagarshum, Ve'yaka Moshe Ve'yoshiyan Ve'yash Est Sonam. And they came to Reuel, they came to Yisro, Ish Mitzri Silanum Yad Haroim. So on the one hand, Rivka was the one that proved herself, while Moshe and Yaakov were the ones that had to prove themselves. And the question Hagyoni Shotar asked is why? Why was only on both levels? First, why was Rivka the only one that, that had to prove herself? And not the other two women involved. And why did Yaakov and Moshe have to prove themselves? So he said, if you think about the stories, the answer really flows naturally from the stories. Line 20. Lama shona Rivka mi Rachel muvan. It's understandable. Rivka nivchana ayadea be'er. Why? Because Eliezer had no idea he's never lived with this woman. He's never lived near anybody. And he wasn't going to get the chance to get to know anybody. He comes across the world and needs to find the Kala and bring her back. So he needs to test her. He didn't know her. The other women involved, when it came to Tzipora, when it came to Rachel, it wasn't that the, there wasn't a need, immediate need to test. Why? Moshe was going to spend some time. And Yaakov was going to spend some time. See, he was going to be able to get to know them and learn about their natures over time. Yaakov says, And by Moshe also, the, uh, the other women in the stories didn't have to prove themselves at that moment because their chasanim were going to stay. Eliezer wasn't staying. He was coming. He had a job to do. And that's why Rivka was the only one that had to prove herself. That's on the one hand about the women. And what about the men? Why did Moshe and Yaakov have to prove themselves and not Yitzchak? Yitzchak didn't have to prove uh, prove anything. Says the... Hegyona Shel Torah, bottom right, Aval Hashe'elahi, Lama Shona Yitzchak, Miyakov Moshe. Why was Yitzchak different? Yaakov Moshe, Yitzchukulam Ivchan. Yaakov and Moshe had to prove themselves. Vilu Yitzchak lo Nivchan, why not? Lo Ra'u Afilu Lifnesha, Natanulas Rivka Leisha. You don't even see, remember the first time Rivka meets Yitzchak, she just falls off her camel, and nothing. Yitzchak doesn't do anything. It's word of mouth. Maybe the Akedah was a, a famous event that had occurred. But suggest that Yonah Shel Torah, you know why Yaakov and Moshe had to prove themselves? They were fugitives. They were on the run. Why were they on the run? Did they have something to hide? Were they running? The, the places where they came to saw how, how Yitzchak was living in the place he was living and Rivka was brought to him. But Yaakov and Moshe were running away. Yaakov Moshe, Shabarchu mi Besam, Hayutrichem Lahochiachatzmam, Lukal Boreach Miyachasim Morach Lev. They had to prove that they they weren't who they might look like on the outside. Kigiborin Obareach. A Gibor, someone who is strong and fit to be a leader, they don't usually run away. Not usually. There are times that great leaders run away because they know it's better to run away right now. David HaMelech, when Avshalom was taking over, David goes away from Yerushalayim without putting up a fight because he knew this is what was supposed to be. He was a gibar. 
So too, says the Hagion Shal Torah, Yaakov and Moshe, they were running away. <coughs> but it wasn't a reflection of cowardice. <laughs> running away, being a fugitive, lowers your stature in the eyes of those who you ran to. If you're coming in stealth into a city, what are you doing? Who are you? You're hiding something? In order to balance out the scale of those who are negatively looking at me, I have to do something. That's why Yaakov has to do the Maisa of the Maisa of rolling the large stone off of the well and helping out the ones who needed the water. Moshe Rabbeinu had to send away the shepherds that were, that were taken on the daughters of, the daughters of Yisrael. And that was what? Why'd they run away? They ran away for other reasons. Why did Yaakov run away? Right, we read next week, Vayira Yaakov Ma'od Vayetzer Lo. What's the double usher of Vayira Vayetzer? He was worried that he would have to Get, he would get killed from Esau. He was worried that he was going to have to kill Esau. He didn't want to have to be in a fight with his brother. He didn't want to have to have a civil war within the family. That already happened once before in history. Didn't work out well with Cain and Hevel. And all the brothers up until now. Right? Up until Ephraim and Manasseh we like to quote. But Yishmael and Yitzchak didn't get along. And... Yaakov and Esav. And obviously, Yaakov just took the back seat. So I, I, I don't want to. So he runs. But that was not a reflection of cowardice. As well, Moshe Rabbeinu. Why did Moshe Rabbeinu run? Because of the miracle that occurred. The Medrash tells us on line 14, Moshe, Moshe. Moshe runs away. We know that Moshe's neck became a rock and he was able to run. So, But that is why these two individuals, Moshe and Yaakov, had something to prove at the well. Had something to prove to the place where they ran to. And then, says that Yonah Shatara, maybe it's more than that. It wasn't just that they had to prove to others around, but they had to prove to themselves. Not just to the outsiders. Yaseira Mizos, Yaakov and Moshe, Yisakukim, Lamasei, Gvura, Lora, Kedei, Latzil, Kvodam, Be'enei, Acherim, in their own eyes, they are going to be great leaders. Yaakov Avinu is the Av, the third Av, the Bechir Ha'avos, the Av that goes into Galus, he is the ultimate, he is going to lead the Shifte Ka, Moshe Rabbeinu, obviously, how do they themselves know that they have it in them? How do they know now have the self-confidence after they had to run away like fugitives. When somebody runs away, they don't, they're not so focused on themselves. They don't think so positively, how great I am, so why am I running away? Tchilas nefila nisa, as the Gemara says in Sota. The beginning of nefila, of losing the battle, is running away. So these great individuals, Yaakov and Moshe, who were running away, maybe it affected them. Once they stood up and were able to prove themselves, then they proved themselves to themselves as well. Yisrael Gavina was a totally different situation. He was where he was, his wife came to him, and there was nothing for Yisrael to have to prove. He wasn't even there. At the Be'er. And that is why Mitzad Echad Rivka had something to prove because the 
her suitors and Eliezer, the shliach of the suitors, weren't going to be around her. She had to prove right away, while the men in the picture had to prove themselves. So yes, the Medrash puts all three together, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Moshe, but the Yonah Shal Torah illustrates for us that they're not exactly the same. There are differences between them. And there are much, there's much to discuss about why a be'er, a well is the symbol of life, overflowing, never-ending. That's what a relationship symbolizes. It's the beginning of, of Puravu, which is overflowing. There's a lot of symbolism by be'er as well, but uh, that's not the focus of, of what we just saw. Okay. So what happens? So Yaakov is now in the world of Lavan. Right, he had stopped off for a couple of decades in order to prepare. The Torah doesn't tell us, but uh, Chazal tell us that he stopped off in the base letters of Shem Ve'ever to be able to prepare for this experience of being there for so long in the house of Lavan. We've quoted many years ago the thought of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky that he dafka went to the base letters of Shem Ve'ever because that's where he learned how to be a strong Jew in places where it's not so easy and it's not so common to be an ethical individual who believes in monotheism. We can't say a Torah Jew, because the Torah wasn't given yet, but at least to follow HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Shane Be'ever had that. Yaakov, up until now, he was Ishtam, Yoshevo Alim. He didn't have any distractions. He was in the base Medrash. There was no, nothing going on around him. He was sitting there, but now he was going to have to go deal with the Lavan. And he had to de- realize, how do you apply Torah in a society which is not a welcoming to those values? So he goes to Shem Be'ever. Shem who lived in the time of the Mabal. Ever lived in the time of the, the Dara Flagos. They were able to teach him the messages of how to be a strong Torah personality in this uh, environment. So he comes, he comes to Lavan, and as we know, he works for Rachel. Lavan had two daughters, Leah and Rachel. Vayehav Yaakov es Rachel. Pasig Yurches. Yaakov loved Rachel. Vayomer. Eevot cheshev ha-shanim. Barachel b'tchaktana. Interesting. He says, I'll give you seven years. Where did he come up with that number? Seven, why seven years? Why didn't you say one year? Five years. Right? A month. Yaakov picks seven years. Eevot cheshev ha-shanim. Barachel Bidcha Haktana. Right, as we know, he was very specific, he didn't want to get tricked. Seven years. Rashi, maybe partially is bothered by that. Why does he pick seven years? Seems like a little lengthy. Seven years, says Rashi. Shanim. Yamim Achadim. Imo. This is the these are the Yam Machadim. When Rivka says, Yaakov, you'll stay there for Yamim Achadim. You'll stay there for a little while. Maybe a big while. Yam Machadim. Right, now, how do you translate Yom Machadim? A while, a little while, a few. But those are the days, these are the days that Rivka was referring to. And I'll prove it to you, says Rashi. Because later on, when he actually worked for Rachel, what does the Pasuk say? Next Pasuk, Pasuk Chaf. In his love uh, that he had for Rachel, we've spoken in the past about the Malbim, about uh, also what that, that Pasig means. But, question one, why seven years? So Rashi connected to the Yom Machadim. So how do we know that means seven years? Why seven? So, a drush. Alder drush, it's not the pshat, but it is a beautiful drush. It's found in the Lekach Valibuv, Rebbe Shor, who puts together a Svasemes, a Vilnagon, a couple of others, and all together comes out with uh, a thought to explain the Yam Machadim. 
and to give us an appreciation of something else. He starts off with the Pasuk that we referred to before. Source number two. Pasuk tells us that all these shepherds gathered and Yaakov took the rock off of the Be'er. Says the Halakha Fahalibuf. What's our Be'er in life? What's our well? A well is something that gives sustenance. We need the well to live. We go to the well, and from the well, we take from the well, and we're able to bring that into our lives, physically, to drink, to use, to live with. Shabbos is the Be'er of life. We draw from Shabbos to the rest of the week. We draw from Shabbos to live with. We can't live without Shabbos. Shabbos is our Be'er. Shabbos hu be'er es kolhash post Shabbos is the well that we draw, literally. We need to take it from Shabbos for the rest of the week. You know, sometimes, whatever the circumstance is, we'll have a crazy, busy Shabbos, we'll be away, there'll be a simcha, whatever it is. Like, the, the day afterwards, we're like, I can't, go, I can't get to this week. You know, I, I didn't have a Shabbos. You know, if we, if we don't have a Shabbos to, to reignite and to focus, if we don't have a normal, in quotes, whatever normal is, if we don't have that Shabbos to, to energize us, we feel it. We feel it, but even on a spiritual level. And from that day, all the six days are blessed. And Shabbos, the Isa Mishnah, the Mishnah Perkei even tells us, again, Alderach Jewish, Pia Be'er, the be'er that they used, that they one of the nisim in the midbar, who may asara dvarim shenivru be'er of Shabbos bein hashmashos. It was created right before Shabbos. The be'er, because the be'er was Shabbos. Pia be'er, I knew a koach lahagia ela be'er v'lishov mina be'er. That koach erev Shabbos, kabbal Shabbos, getting to that be'er, using that be'er for life. That is what. That is what uh, was created at Bein Hashemashos. Line 12. And that, on a deeper level, is what this Pasuk is referring to in our parasha. V'kavan ha pasaki. Sha'al yidei asifa. When you gather by the be'er. Nitna ha-koach v'ayicholas. L'horid ha-even. You have to take off the rock. You have to take off all of the layers that are piled upon us from the weak. The physicality, the involvement in the world, the involvement with everything going on, and we and we roll that rock off of the be'er, so we could draw that sustenance, that nourishment, that mayim, the inspiration from the from the be'er, and that's v'nes musham. We have to gather, we have to gather and roll. That. Kabbalah Shabbos is rolling off that rock. When we sing the chadodi, we're rolling that rock off and and sucking out all of the goodness. That starting to suck out the goodness that Shabbos is. Step number one. We asked the question. We'll get there in a few minutes. Step number two. The Gemara tells us in Masechah Shabbos, also in Masechah's Beitzah, now the left column. Shakadish Baruch Hu Amar Lamosher Abenu. Matana Tova Yeshli Bebeis Ganazai. Veshabishma. Shabbos is a matana. Lech Vahodiyam. Go tell Am Yisrael about this beautiful matana. How exactly is Shabbos a matana? We discussed this in the past. Why is Shabbos a matana? What is what is unique about it? Call a Torah nikreis matana. The whole Torah is called a matana, as the pasuk says at the end of Dvarim, umi midbar matana. Davka Shabbos is called a matana, says the Chidush Harim. Whenever you use a halachic principle 
in the Hashkafic realm, it's always very unique. It's a halachic principle. The Gemara tells us, Masechah Zbawa Basra, there's a difference between if I sell you a field or I give you a field. Or if I sell you a bar. What if there is a bar of water in my backyard? A huge aqueduct, pit of water in my backyard. I sell it to you. Is it understood that I'm also selling you the rights to walk to that bear or bar, which is in my, it's my backyard. I sell you this bar. Is it understood that you also have the rights to go there or do you have to rent out and pay me for the rights to get to that bar? Says the Gemara, it depends if you sold it or if you gave it. If you sold it, that shows you're focusing on every penny and you're only selling the bar, the water, and the guy's going to have to pay for the derech towards the pit. But if you gave it as a matana, matana no sein ba'ayin yafe. You can assume that you not only gave the bar, but you gave the way to get to the bar also. That's a halacha in Baba Basra. Which doesn't seem so exciting to us when we read that halacha. Says the Gemara, says the Lechavalib of line 10. Ubechla matanaso nechal gamaderech lagi elabor. When it was a matana, you also sell the derech. Ki anose matana, hari ritsono, vachom mataraso. When I'm giving it to you, that shows I'm giving it to you from an ayin tov uh, mentality, and I want you to have it. Shamakaba matana, yi elo abor. I want you to have it, I want you to use it. V'yein kabbalah samakabel b'shleimus mibelisha yilo aderach lagiyilam atana, and I didn't really give you anything if I didn't give you the way to get there. So that's what's understood by a no sein matana. Avo hamocher. But if I sell it to you, you know what I'm interested in? I'm not interested in your having it. I'm interested in getting money from you. I'm interested in the deal that we made. Very different kavanah. If I sell something or if I give something. Avo hamocher kol ritzonu lekabel mamos veinu muunyanshi bolakone. I don't care so much that you have it. Then you can limit it and say, okay, then you, you want to get there? I understand you need to get there, but that wasn't included in the sale. You have to pay me for it. Says now, that's the Chidushi Arim. So says the Chidushi Arim, Shabbos is a matana. What does that mean? If somebody gives a matana, he obviously also has in mind to give the derech to use that matana. If Shabbos is a matana, as we said in step one, and that's the be'er that we draw from, then it must be that Hashem also gives us the derech to use that matana. He gives us the derech to get to that matana. Says the, on the next, top of the next column, Avo Shabbos Kodesh, Shehu Matana, Afilum Adam Tarad B'Shishim Yemaisa. What if we're very busy, we have a very torrid week. I can't even prepare myself. I'm rushing. Hashem gives us the derech. Because it's a, Shabbos is a matana. Every Jew could connect to Shabbos. doesn't matter what the week was. We could get to Shabbos because Hashem gives us Shabbos. Matana tova yeshli Go tell them. So we have the ability. Step one. The Be'er is the source of all the Hashpah, and Shabbos is the Be'er. Number two, it's a Matana and an Alacha. The Nosein gives the Derech. Step three, and there are four steps, and then we'll finish up. Step three is the Sfas Emes, right? We're staying in the Ger family, going from the Chedush Yarim to the Sfas Emes. Says the Sfas Emes, but there's one condition for us as acceptors, as Makablim of the Matana. There's one Tznai. 
that we need to have if we're the acceptors. We have to recognize that we're being given a gift. If we don't recognize that we have a gift, so then the whole thing falls away. Hashem doesn't have to give us the dirt to get to the gift if we don't recognize that it is a gift. So we have to recognize the uniqueness and the gift nature of Shabbos. And as we go through life, we realize more and more every day how Shabbos is so needed. And we can't live, we can't even fathom what a world would be like without a Shabbos. We have to realize the great gift element. If you're excited about Shabbos, if we're ready to get into Shabbos, then Shabbos is going to allow us to get into it. We realize and we understand that Shabbos is a gift. We have a little desire. We can't wait to Shabbos. Then you're going to get the derech. If you appreciate that somebody gave you a gift, right? so then you're going to get the way to enjoy the gift. If I realize what Shabbos is about, so then that's, that's what allows us to partake of, of the gift. And that's what the Gemara says in Shabbos that we said before. Hashem tells Moshe, go tell them. Leif v'hodiyam. Make sure that they know that it is a gift. And he goes into that Lashon. But along these lines, he explains beautifully Akasha that many of us might have had in the past. If you look at the next paragraph, Rashi tells us, in the beginning of Parshish B'Shalach, by the Makkah, relating to the Makkah of Choshech. What does the Pazak say? We went out of Mitzrayim, Chamushim. What does Chamushim mean? Rashi goes a couple of Shatim. One of them is, one-fifth of all of Am Yisrael went out of Egypt. Four-fifths died... It's unbelievable. How many millions of Jews died during Makas Choshech? Four-fifths died. Ask the Mepharshim. Line 35. All of the Jews, we were on the 49th level of Tumah. We were on the Memtesh Shari Tumah. We know that if we would have been in Mitzrayim in one more second, we would never have been able to come out. And those were the Jews that went out. So what were the other Jews? Where were they? If all the Jews that went out, that was Zohar to go out, were on the 49th level of Tumah, so who was worse? How bad could they be? What else? Why weren't they Zohar to go out? Hikshuam Afarshim, Shaharei, line 35, Kal Klag Yisrael Hayu Ozbim Emte Shari Tumah, Umihem Elu Shalazachalatis, who weren't Zohar? There wasn't a 50th level, then forget it, they're not Jewish. But Mehaisa Rishasam, Yosem, Yisharbanei Yisrael, what was it? Says, Say the Mefarshim, if you look back on the Rashi by the Makkah of Choshech, the Lama Hevi Aleim Choshech, Shahayu Bi Yisrael Bosu Adar Rishoyim, Lohayu Rotsim Latzes. There were those who didn't want to go out. I know it's tough here in Egypt, but you know what? Who knows what's going to be out there? Who knows what's going to be in the desert? Here we have Avatiach, we have Dogim, right? Like the good, they complain later. So who died? Those who didn't want to go out. Those who didn't appreciate. You don't appreciate Geula, you're not going to get Geula. You're not, you're not looking forward to Geula, you're not going to get Geula. You're not looking forward to Shabbos, you're not going to get Shabbos. You're not, you don't appreciate what the Matana of Shabbos is, so then it's not going to be brought to you. Shabbos is Geula Tanefesh every week. And if we don't appreciate Geula, it's like Makas Choshech. 
If we're not looking forward to going out, then forget it. Hashem's not going to take us out. If we don't appreciate the matana, so then we're not going to have the derech to the matana. Lo ratzu latzeis. Where it's underlined. Shlo hayalam aratzu negeula. Lo ikir bechisar anagalus. Lo shtogagu mazetia gulasa mitoch agalas hamar. The same thing with Shabbos Kodesh. Gulas anefesh. You can only reach this geula with the yearnings. But this is what has kept the Jew throughout history. Right? As the saying goes, more than the Jew has kept Shabbos, Shabbos has guarded over the Jew. This is what has kept us going throughout history. That's step three. Now we get to the final step and we get back to how we started this discussion. Line six now in the next column. As we know, the entire week, we only survive because of Shabbos. Our entire existence throughout Golos is because of Shabbos. Line 7. It is what kept, has kept us going. Right, the Jews that have left Shabbos are no longer around anymore throughout the, history, throughout the centuries as we know. So now let's think for a minute. He says, quoting the Vilna Gon, and he says it's also from the, the Rebbe Mi Lublin. Rivka tells Yaakov, you're going to go for Yom Machadim. Remember, many Mepharshim point out, the Meshachachme and others, Yaakov Avinu is the Av of Golos. Yaakov is now going into Golos. Maisa Avo Simen Labanim. What is going to keep Yaakov and afterwards Am Yisrael strong throughout Golos? It's the Koach of Shabbos. Rivka is being Merames to Yaakov in the phrase that she says, Vayu of Kiyam Machadim. What's Achadim for the word Echad? Echadim Yuchad. What day is the most unique day? Shabbos is the most unique day. Go for Yamim Achadim. Go for Shabbosos. Make sure Shabbos stays strong. How do you get from Yom Macham to Shabbos? How is it seven years? Says the girl, unbelievable. Basic math. Basic math. Says the uh, line 16. Ki b'shev ha-shanim shabasos. How many Shabbosos are there in seven years? How many Shabbosos are there? Exactly a year of Shabbosos. How do you get that? Ki b'kol shanim every year, Hebrew calendar, 354. So how many Shabbosos is that? That's 50 Shabbosos, remainder 4. 354, so it's 50 times 7, right? So 50, so every year has 50 Shabbosos with a remainder 4. 70 year, 7 years, 350 Shabbosos, remainder 28. 7 years, 4 remainder each year. So 7 years, how many Shabbosos are there in 7 years? 350, remainder of 28 days, which is... Four more Shabbosos. 354 Shabbosos. In every, in seven years, says the Gra, says the Rebbe Milublin, seven years is one complete year of Shabbos. So what's Rivka saying? Yomim Achadim. Go with the power of the Yom Echad, which is Shabbos, which is the source of all Knusha. Ki hu Yom Tchilo Lemikroi Kodesh. It's the source. There's more Kedusha than Yontif and Yom Kippur. It's the source. Yaakov hears that and he says, you know what? Seven years. That's why he tells Lavan, I'll go for seven years because he knows he needs the Koch of Shabbos to keep himself strong in Golos. And this is laying the foundation for all generations 
A year is a complete unit. I'm going for 354 Shabbosos. How many is that? Exactly seven years. And that's why he says to Lavan, I'll work for seven years and then I'll get my Rachel. Shabbos Nikra Yom Yechid, Yikim Avor B'Chazal, line 21. Shabbos is the unique, singular day. As the Medrash tells us, Shabbos says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Yesh Ben Zog Li, Veli Lo Natata Ben Zog, every day has a pair, Sunday has Monday, Tuesday has Wednesday, Thursday has Friday, Shabbos, I don't have a Ben Zog. Okay, you're alone, you'll be with Am Yisrael. But it's the Yachid day. V'lochei Nikra Shabbos, B'Shem Yom Emachadim. V'Rivka Amr L'Yakov. So Rivka tells Yaakov, She'yishoi Retzlo Shana, Go spend Yamim Achadim. Yamim means Shana in other places also. A year of Shabbosos. And that's why it's seven years. And he says at the end, Vahu Vart Nifla. He says, that's, that's, a, that's a powerful thought. Yom Machadim and Shabbos. But what's the message? And now he says, the message is, My Setting the stage. What gives us the Koach to survive until Tavshinai involved with all the nations that have tried to kill us and exterminate us and wipe us out. Shabbos has been our life preserver. Shabbos has been what has kept us throughout history. And it all goes back to Yaakov Avinu in Lavan. Because he was there for the Yamim Achadim. Kikal Maisa, line 36. Kikal Maisa Avos Avor Doro Shalanu. Yadua Maisa Avos Simalabanim. Ramban. The Yaakov Avinu wrote there. He wanted to implant in his children a koach. So before he got married, before he, he starts the basic family that's going to have the shvatim, he creates Shabbosos as the basis for everything that happens afterwards. That's Yom Machadim. That's the Be'er that we have to roll off the rock every Friday night and get the power of the Be'er to take us into the week. Okay, once we're on the topic of the grow, let's do one other grow. One other grow. The parsha has been a couple weeks since we've done, so we're due. We're due. Source. Let's go to now the shvatim. Now, Baruch Hashem, we have eleven shvatim born in this week's parsha. The first shevet born. First shevet born. What happens? Reuven is born. Mazel tov. First mazel tov. Why is Ruvain called Ruvain? The Pasuk tells us that Tikrashmo Ruvain. Ki Amra, because Leah says, Ki Ra Hashem Ba'ani, Hashem saw my sorry full state, Ki Atoye Havani Ishi. Now my husband's going to love me. I got, the, I got the firstborn, I got the Bachar. Fine. If you look at the Gemara in Mesechas Brachos, Dav Zayin, the Gemara gives a different reason for the name Ruvain. It's obvious that it has something with to see. Reuven, Ra'a Hashem, Hashem saw. But the Gemara Brachas Dav Zion gives a different reason. Top of source number four. Amra Leah, Ra'u Ma Bain Beni Leben Chami. Leah says, You see the difference? With Ruach HaKodesh, she said this. You see the difference between my son, Reuven, and my son of my father in law? That means my brother in law, that means Asav. You see the difference between my son, Ruvain, and Esav? The Ilu Ben Chami, Esav, Afagav Demidaite Zavni Lebecheruse. He sold his firstborn ship. He sold his Bechora. And yet, he hated the one who he sold it to. Ksiv Ayisto, Ksiv Beva Yisto Esav as Yaakov. My son? My son's the firstborn. He never sold it. And it was just taken away from him. And you know what? 
He didn't say a word. Ve'ilu b'ni, b'ni, my son, avagav debal karcho. Shakel Yosef lebecherusei mineh. Yosef took it. Still, what did Reuven do? Reuven was the one that saved Yosef. Right at the beginning. Vayishva Reuven, matzilim yadam, he saves him. Ask the gra. Plea on his gava. The Pasuk gives a reason why he's called Reuven. Why does Chazal have to dig up another reason? There's no other reason given for any of the other names of the Shvatim. This is the only one. Every Shevet in Tarshavich Sav has a reason why they're called that. They're all fascinating. I think the most fa- one of the most fascinating is Yosef. What is Yosef called? Why? Yosef Hashem li ben Acher. Because I want another kid. It's like Yosef is inherently connected to Binyamin, even in their name. Yosef. But Ruvain, Chazal only give another name for Ruvain. Why? Why aren't Chazal... Why isn't it enough, enough for them that the reason that was given in the, in the text? Fine. Says the Gra. And once you see it, it's so obvious. Obviously different. If you look in the, all the names of the Shvatim, says the Gra, first, look in the Psukim. First the reason is given, and then the name is given. By every one of the Shvatim. Shimon. By every one of the Shvatim, the reason is given, and then the name is given. Done. Reuben's the only one that first the name is given, and then the reason is given. Says the Gra. It makes sense to give the reason first. First you give a reason, and then you give the result of the reason, you give the name. This is the reason, and this is the name. Why is the name first by Ruvain? That's what tipped off Chazal. There must be another reason. Because there's got to be a reason before the name, and then the reason in the Torah must just be an additional reason. Unbelievable, you can read the Pesukim a million times. You can be the Bav Kore and not pick up on this slight difference. Says the Gra, line 12. Kehine b'chol sharabanim. First the reason is given and then the result of the reason. The reason and then the name. It makes a lot of sense. But here it's the opposite. First Ruvay's name is given and then the reason. That's how Chazal knew that there should be another reason. In the footnote there, in the Pnini Mishulchan Agra, I give you source number five, he points out that you have a lot throughout the Torah there doesn't seem to be a specific pattern. Throughout the Torah, look at Ephraim and Menashe and, and, and look at Navi. So there doesn't seem... It's not always that the reason is given. The Gra's point is within the Shvatim. Within the Shvatim, this is the only one that has the name before the reason. Okay. But then the Gra continues and says, and it's not only Torah Shebech Let me explain something in Torah Shebalpeh that is based on this svara that you owe, it's always logical to first give the reason for something, give, give, first give the seba, the cause, and then the mesove. There are a couple of mishnayas in Meseches Brachos that discuss Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel had unique behavior. If you look in source number six now, the mission in Brachos Avtezayin, Maiseb Rabbi Gamliel Shanasa Isha, Vikara Kriyashma Laila Rishona. There's a discussion about saying Kriyashma on the first night after uh, uh, someone gets married. And the Mishnah says that because you can't expect the chassan to have kavana on the night that he gets married, he's potter from saying Kriyashma. And Rabbi Gamliel said Kriyashma on the first night he was married. 
And uh, his Talmud didn't say, what do you mean? I thought a chassid is potter, you taught us. Armalem, he said, no. Eni shamei alachem, levatel mimeni, avachos shamei afilo shalachas. Whatever he gives her, he says, he says, no, I could say it. Not out of Gaiva, out of the, uh, the beautiful Torah of Chaimi Velazhin explains that Mishnah, that he was naturally in the zone. For him to not be in the Kriyashma zone is, is difficult. So, okay, fine. Whatever the reason, not for now. So that's the first Mishnah. He said Kriyashma the first night, and Samidim said, why? And he explained it. And then there's another story there. Rabbi Gamliel washed himself. He took a shower the night, the first day after his wife died, even though he was an Avel. And as Talmidim said, an Avel is not allowed to take a shower. Avel And he said, no, no, I'm different. I'm an Istanis. I, I, I have to. Okay, second story. Third story, line eight. Ukishemes Tevi Avdo, when Tevi, his servant, died, Kibel of Tanchumin. He accepted t- wishes of Tanchumin for his servant. And as Talmidim said, Rabbi, didn't you teach us you don't accept Tanchumin for an Evid? And he said, no, my servant Tevi is different. He's a kosher. Ask the Grav. Why did Rabbi Yudanasi, when you formulated the Mishnayis, why in the first two stories does he first say what happened and then give the explanation? What does he say? Rabbi Gamliel said Kriyashma. Second story, Rabbi Gamliel took a shower. Third story, and when Tevi died, he accepted Tanchumen. It's not parallel. Why doesn't it say? He accepted Tanchumen when Tevi died. He, accept, he took a shower when his wife died. He said Kriyashma. The first night he was married. It's not parallel. Why in the first two cases do you have the statement about Rabbi Gamliel? And in the third case, you have the background about Tevi. Says the Groh, it's the same idea as I just explained with the reasons and the names. Says the Groh, Amar Turning over now. Source number seven. Source number seven, line six. Based on what I've just explained, it makes sense. What's always given first? The reason. The cause. The cause. By all chasanim, the chasan is part from Kriyashma. What is unique about this story? Rabbi Gamliel's behavior. So that's why it first says, Rabbi Gamliel said Kriyashma. He was the one that was Mishane from the Minhag, and that's why there's a story in the Mishnah about what is different. Rabbi Gamliel was Mishane and said Kriyashma. Rabbi Gamliel was Mishane, he changed, and therefore he took a shower. But by Tevi, what was the cause of the difference in the story? It wasn't Rabbi Gamliel, it was Tevi. His servant was a kosher. Because his servant was a kosher, that, that led to Rabbi Gamliel acting differently. But the cause, the reason, was Tevi. That's why it says in the third story, It wasn't about Rabbi Gamliel. It was about the Eved. And that's why the Eved was written first. Okay. Those are our two gras for the evening. One about, next time you ask somebody on the street, how many Shabbosos are in seven years? We got it, 354. And then we have this gra as well. Let's continue now. Let's continue now in the fourth son. The fourth son. And that, of course, is Yehuda. Yehuda is born. Why is Yehuda called Yehuda? Says the Pasik, Pasik Lamed Hey, Vatar Od Vatelet Bain Vatomer. Leah says, Hapam Odeas Hashem. I will now give Hoda'a to Hashem. I'll can Karashmo Yehuda. That's why Yehuda, Vatamon Miledes, and then she stops having kids. And we are called Yehudim because of the Mida of Leah that she expressed in this name. 
She expressed in this name. Says Rabbi Yosef Engel, in the Teferis Yosef. Teferis Yosef is a compilation brought from all of Rabbi Yosef Engel's farim. Rabbi Yosef Engel ala Torah. There are two midos that are very connected, says Rabbi Yosef Engel. One is hoda'a, the ability to give thanks, the ability to recognize that I need others, which is exactly what Leah did and why we are called Yehudim, but that is also connected to anava, to humility. Humility and the ability to recognize that others are deserving of gratitude, those two go together. You find in Chazal, by both of them, you have the phrase ma'od, ma'od. Very, very. Ma'od, ma'od, havishval ruach. It says in Perkeyavos. Rabbi Levitas. And by Hoda, what does the Gemara say in Brachos? Havimodelo bim'od, ma'od. At the end of the Masechta. What does that tell us? That there's a connection between the two. And, says Rabbi Yosef Engel, it's somewhat obvious. Somewhat obvious. Humility and hakaras hatov. Being able to give thanks, the root of that is anava. Because if I'm a Balgaiva, then obviously the world revolves around me. Who am I thanking? Only if I recognize that I'm not the greatest. I have humility. If I only see the great things about myself, when somebody does good for me, you know what I'll think? Oh, it's about time somebody did something good for me. You know who I am? It's his chus to do something good for me. He should say thank you to me to be able to give something to me. Like, you know, I learned the first parak in Masechus Kedushin, Adam Chashuv. Adam Chashuv. If an Adam Chashuv accepts something, that's like giving something. I'm a tzaddik, so obviously after good things happen to me. I don't have any chiv to be no, to be modeh. Somebody who's an anav and recognizes their place. I don't focus on myself. Then obviously I'm always going to be giving thanks. It's those people who don't. The people are always saying thank you. Those are the ones who recognize that there's a lot of people in life that have great things. And says the Rabbi Yosef Engel, that's exactly what Leah is, is reflecting here with her name. She was the Gemara says, she was the first one to be moted to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does that mean? Because she had a tremendous mita of anava and that led to her hodah. But there's something else connected. Fascinating, says of Yosef Engel. It's not just Hoda and Anava, but if somebody has this Midah, it's a Skula. We're always looking for Skulas in life. It's a Skula for children, for Leda. Why? Leah had the most kids. Leah had this Midah down path. She was the one. We think about it. We think about Rachel and Yosef. We're called Yehudim. Yehuda from Bnei Leah. That's the Mida that lasted. That's the name that lasted. There's a school of Leda. Where do we see this? By two people. Number one, by Leah. But number two, there's a Rashi that we usually fly through. But Rashi itself emphasizes that. Rashi back in Paragut of Sefer Bracious. The Yuktan. Remember all the, all the names of the families, the children of between Adam and, uh, and Noah, and the families between Noah and Avraham. So back in Perak Yud, right at the end of uh, Parsha's Noah, Perak Yud, Pasik Chavav, and Chavtes, listing all of the 
grandchildren of Noach, right? Yaktan was, uh, was listed there as a, uh, Shem Achiv Yaktan, just looking now, son of Aver. Aver had Peleg and Yaktan. And Yaktan had, who were Yaktan's kids? The Torah lists off, every one of them. Nobody else in Tanakh gets a Pasuk like that. Why does it say that? So Rashi there says, because he was Maktin himself, he was Yaktan from the word Katan, because he lowered himself, he was Ochad to so many children. Just like Leah. Kol now back to Yosef Engel. you I make myself smaller. Kodesh Baruch Hu makes me big. Mida Kenegan Mida. I lower myself. Hashem raises me through children. So you have Huda and Anava and Leida, and that is expressed by by Leia. Okay, moving right along. Moving right along. Now let's get to Lavan. Lavan the trickster. So we know Yaakov makes him a deal he can't refuse. You take all of these sheep, I'll take these sheep. It was like impossible for him to get the sheep that he would have to get to. Yaakov puts these branches in front of the sheep to make them think about the colored and spotted and speckled. But if you look at the Pasik, where it's described, Perak Lamed Al of Pasik Yud, Yaakov Avinu says, I saw a vision I saw in the sky. What's going on here? Says Rashi. Rashi quotes here on this Pasik, even though, Pasik Yud, Lavan has all the type of sheet that Yaakov needs to have offspring from. Yaakov took them. So how did Yaakov had any of those offspring? Rashi quotes the Madrish, Hayuha Malachim, Angels went into the herds of Lavan, lifted up the sheep, flew them through the air, and put them down in Yaakov's area. It's pretty amazing. You think of, right, the original, you know, counting sheep, right, in the air, right here, right, sheep flying through the air. But the question, ask the Chafetz Chaim. I gave it to you through the Otsur Zatara, but it's, it's in the Shvir Salashim. Ask the Chafetz Chaim. Were the angels allowed to do this? Wasn't this like Geneva a little bit? Wasn't this like using divine intervention inappropriately? L'chore echazuz osamalachim. L'havi made your love and laid their Yaakov. V'natul esha lavan. How were they able to do this? Says the Chafetz Chaim Yisot. Are you sowed in life? Says the Rav Yitzchayim, line 6. Misha Oshik as Chaveru who rakshotev Russia. If I try to rip somebody off, if I cheat somebody, I'm not just a wicked person, I'm a fool. Why am I a fool? I'm stealing, okay. But stealing isn't only wicked, it's foolish. Why? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes there on Rosh Hashanah, everything I'm going to have. So if I try to get something in an illegal fashion... I'm going to lose it somewhere else. Hashem has the cheshman upstairs. If I try to cheat somebody, I'm going to lose it. So who am I kidding? It's not only wicked, it's foolish. I'm going to lose it. 
And if something happens to me and I lose it, I could have faith in Hashem that I'm going to get it back from somewhere else. It works in both directions. Says the Chavetz Chaim, and that's exactly what's going on here. As we see later, when Lavan gets ma- when Yaakov gets mad at Lavan, and there he says, Lavan, you have ripped me off so much over these years. Good to see you. Good to see Lila. You keep changing. Lavan so owed Yaakov so much, and he had so much extras. You know what the angels were doing? They were just balancing what was supposed to be. They weren't stealing. This was HaKadosh Baruch Hu getting involved. It wasn't that I'm not allowed to take the law into my own hands. But this was the Shliach of Hashem. This was a Malach. Lavan thought that he would trick. Lavan thought that he would gain. No, no, no. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has it, in, has it uh, all taken care of. And that's what the Pasuk says. What does the Pasuk say? In Pasuk Yud Beis, Vayomer sona inechu Yaakov sees the Malachim. And then the, the Malach explains to him, you know why I'm doing this? Because I saw what Lavan has done to you. What does that have to do with anything? That's the point, says the Chavetz Chaim. Lavan has owed and, and stolen from Yaakov so much, and now the playing field is being leveled a little bit. Then the Otsar Satara quotes a story from the Benishchai. Found a story from the Benishchai. He quotes Maisa Be'echa, line 21. So first he had the Chavetz Chaim, the Shriya Salashin. It's a story. There was a Yari Shemayim. Every night he went to Yeshiva to learn in the middle of the night. Middle of the night he went to Chatzos. He was on a level. He went every night in the middle of the night to learn. He was always the first one in. He was always the last one out. That was this guy. One time he was on the way. And on the way he was passing his neighbor's door. His neighbor's door was wide open. It's wide open. And there was a very, very rich woman. He knew there was a very rich woman that lived there. She had a servant, but it was late at night. They forgot to lock their door. He, he, he can't control himself. He walks into the room, and he's about to take the money. He's about to steal. They didn't wake up. What did he do? He blew out the candle. And he was about to steal. Miyari Kitsu Anashim, all of a sudden the women realized something was going on here, but they were scared to scream out. They didn't know who this was. And he was about to take the money. And then he remembered. What am I doing? If I'm supposed to get this money, I'll get it. What am I doing? And he was able to conquer his Yetzirah and leave it and walk out. The next morning, the next morning the woman goes and sees that nothing was taken. And she says, oh, thank God. Can't believe it, but you know what? She realizes that she better get married. She better get a man in the house for more protection. She goes to the yeshiva. She has to rush yeshiva. Give me a guy. Who's your best guy that you think I can marry? And guess who? Guess who was suggested? If he's supposed to get it in the end, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make sure that he gets it. And that's where the Benish Chai adds on at the end, on the top of the next page. Shalo yinsa v'yase tachvulos l'asof kesef osher b'liyosher. Osher b'li osher is not what we need to do. Ki yiftach v'ashem v'tachon shalem. If we're supposed to get it, we're going to get it. If we're not supposed to get it, we won't get it. And trying to use illegal means is not going to help us at all. Okay, one other thought. Actually, two other thoughts relating to Lavan and Yaakov. Sorry, in source 11, it's a little light. The Mesorah Saraf, for some reason, doesn't, uh, 
doesn't copy well on the machine, but either way, it's from the uh, the, the Rav Chumish, but uh, we'll be able to say it if it's a little hard to read. What happens? Lovin chases after Yaakov. Yaakov leaves. He's had enough. He has all of his sheep. He has Rachel and Leah, and he starts running. And what happens? Lovin's chasing him, and the night before, Lovin gets there, Pasuk Chavdalid, Hashem appears to Lovin. Unbelievable. Hashem appears to Lovin and says, don't you stare to, st- dare start up with my Yaakov. Don't you dare. That's what Hashem says. He Don't you dare do anything. Says Rav Salvechik, ask the Rav. We know from the Haggadah, Lovin is pretty famous in the Haggadah. Bikish Lovin Lakaris Akol. Lovin wanted to uproot everything. He was the worst. Famous question. Where does he want to uproot everything? We know Lovin is a trickster. You know, we know he's a liar. We know he's a cheater. Where is he a killer? Where is he a murderer? Where do we see that Yaakov, that, that Lovin was like this? Right? Lovin, we know, is a liar, cheater, exploiter, but not a killer. How did Chazal know that Lovin was a Jew hater? Chazal must have figured it out somehow. Says the Rav, says Rav Salvechik, it's our Pasuk. Hashem goes to Lovin the night before and says, don't you dare touch my Yaakov. Why did Hashem have to give that warning to him? Does Hashem do that to anybody else? If he wasn't going to do anything too bad, God probably wouldn't have given him a special chalom Lila. If he was just going to go scream at him like he did, he probably wouldn't have gone to him. And the fact that Hashem went to him and says, don't you touch him, means that he wanted to touch him. That he probably would have killed him. He probably wanted to wipe them all out. If the Almighty found it necessary to contact Lavan and warn him against inflicting harm on Jacob, we may assume that Lavan intended to do great harm. Apparently, he didn't just intend to rebuke Jacob, but to annihilate him. Otherwise, God would not have revealed himself to Lavan. And it goes even further, though, says the of Salvechik. If you keep reading, what does Lavan say when he finally confronts Yaakov and says, Your God appeared to me? And what did he say? Right when he catches up to him, he says, let's find it. Why'd you run away? It's in my power. I could do something bad to you. But, you know, your dad said no. Says Rev Salvechik. What does the Pazak say? Plural. Who else is he planning to kill? Who else was he going to do something bad to? Who's with Yaakov? What, the sheep? No. His own daughters. His own grandchildren. Lavan, because his own family has gone to the other side, now believe in Judaism, monotheism, whatever we could call it then, he was ready to kill his own progeny. That's what the Pazak says. You in plural. Lavan proves in the last paragraph that hatred of the Jew can reach psychopathic proportions. It is not only wrong from a moral point of view, but it's an abnormal, sick emotion from a psychiatric standpoint. Only madmen could have devised the final solution, the plan to exterminate every single Jew. Lavan was ready to kill his own daughters because they had adopted a God he did not understand. He felt so alienated that he was ready to get rid of them. Lavan, Bikesh Lavan, Lakaras Akol. From these two psukim, that's how we know Lavan's true colors, and that's how we know what he stood for. And this is, as we spoke about last week also, 
This is the anti-Semitism. From the beginning of time to the end of time. As Rashi quotes, Ace of Sonil Yaakov. That's it. From the beginning of history in the womb all the way until the end of history, Rahman al-Islan ad hayom And one final point to take with us. After the story, the end of the story, we have now Perak Lamed Beis, all the way at the end of the Parsha. So, leading up already to the, the last three Pesukim in the Parsha, Lavan goes home, Yaakov keeps going back. What does the Pasuk say, though? There's a slight difference. Vayashkim Lavan, Vavokir, he gives kisses to his children. Vayelech, Vayashav, Lavan, Limkomo. Lavan goes back to his place. Yaakov halach lidarko. Yaakov goes to his way. What's the difference between going to a makom, Lavan goes limkomo, and Yaakov goes lidarko? Says the Meshachachma, finishing off tonight with a bang, Pirish, source 12. Lavan, the entire experience, 20 plus years with Yaakov, didn't affect him one iota. The nace that just occurred. Didn't affect, you know where Lavan went? He went back to the spot that he was at. Lavan, Vayashav Lavan Limkomo, to his place. Nothing. Yaakov never stopped growing. Yaakov Halach Lidarko. Yaakov takes every experience in life and runs with it. Vekasher Halach Yaakov. Shav Lavan Limkomo Harishon. Hainu Matzavo Harab. Deos of Amidos. Ramai. Oed Mamon. He sees the miracles that took place with the sheep. Nothing. Yaakov halach ladarko. Shehitzdik v'tzadzadik v'tamachacham amiti hu olech mimakom harishon l'malos gedolos. Right, they never stop. They keep going. Right, that's the difference in Lashon and the Andabrachas. Lech lishalom, lech bishalom. Right, go, keep going, lishalom. Go till you reach your destiny. You're not finished yet. You're not finished yet. Says the Meshachachma, our Parsha ends alluding to us that Lavan was done. It's like Esav. Why is Esav called Esav? Asu, he's done. He's born done. He has nothing to do. But Yaakov, he keeps going. He keeps going, and Yaakov, Allah Ladarko, he is the one that keeps going all the way until what happens in the last passing in the parsha. He gets Machanayim. What's Machanayim? The angels of Eretz Yisrael are coming back down to him. The angel of Chutzlar is leaving, and he's back in Eretz Yisrael on his way back to meet his brother Esav as he meets at the beginning of next week's parsha. Okay, we'll stop here. Mezashem, we will continue next week.